beautiful young model and Miss Concord, Michelle Summers, married Martin McNeil in 1976. That marriage lasted 30 years, until Martin murdered Michelle in 2007. Further investigation into Martin's life uncovered a life of fraud, lies, and affairs that spanned decades. Martin died in prison in 2017. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. everybody and welcome to the true crime squad this is katie weaver here with my sister co-host and partner in crime christy brower hello hello hey everybody how's it going it is going well i got my haircut makes me happy always makes me happy do you ever just go way too long and then you're like what am i doing i haven't cut my hair in like three months what is going on when oh. you wear short hair, you cannot go three months. I know you go way longer than that, but I, only, I was going to say I only cut my hair once a year, but yeah. yeah. But for me, three months is like way, way too long. So uh-huh. I was very pleased to get that done. Other than that, I'm doing great. Well, I will say Scott got a haircut today because I accused him of looking like the mayor of Whoville. Because he has like all these little like curly cuey things sticking out, you know? He does, yeah. Yeah. No longer. He got a haircut. <laughs> uh-huh. He didn't like that Whoville crack, huh? He didn't. No. <laughs> I know. Who am I? Rude. Anyway. <laughs> well, I like it very much. Mm-hmm. Well, it is already our Wednesday episode. Right. So, of course, we'll be back tonight at 7 p.m. Mountain for case updates to update all kinds of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. But before then, we have a very interesting episode for you today. So, Christy, you're going to kick us off with a true crime update. Yes. So, this is a Tatiana Jefferson. And a Tatiana Jefferson was murdered by a police officer. And the trial this was in 2019 and the trial for this it's two officers actually um that are involved here Uh, the trial has just finally begun so i wanted to talk a little bit about the situation around this um because this is just one of those situations that really makes me want to punch Mm -hmm. cops you know not all cops, obviously. Don't at me with that. But this was so terrible. So, um, Tatiana was hanging out with her nephew at her house. They were in her bedroom playing video games. It was like two thirty in the morning, so she was being the cool aunt, hanging out, watching video, playing video games. Well, earlier in the evening, they made hamburgers, and the nephew had been doing the cooking. 
and he had burned the hamburgers. And so the house smelled like the burned meat. He was nine at the time. His name is Zion. And so they opened up the front door and the back door of the house to air it out. Mm-hmm. And they get busy with their video games and don't really think about that the doors are open. Uh, and a neighbor notices that the front door is open. And so they call and ask for a welfare check because they're like, it's kind of weird. The door is open at 2.30 in the morning. Can you go make sure that everybody's okay in that house, right? Mm-hmm. I got to say, I used to think that was a good idea. I now do not. So they're, you know, playing their video games and she hears some noises outside and sees a flashlight in her backyard. So she grabs her weapon, right? That's the big thing in this country. Have a gun, defend yourself, protect your house and property. We've all heard it. So she walks into her bathroom and there is a man standing there in the window of the bathroom oh my gosh and apparently the man yells put your hands up show me your hands um according to the body cam because his body camera was running you couldn't even see that she was holding a gun Mm -hmm. well he yells put your hands up put your hands up and then immediately Shoots a Tatiana and kills her instantly. Oh my God. Yeah. Just a person in their own home. Yes. Completely oh. unaware. The police did not announce their presence. They did not say they were policed. All she knows is that there's somebody hanging what? around in her backyard. Why didn't they come to the front door. Right. In the very well, first place. Apparently they had decided that this was a burglary. And so they were sneaking around to try to catch the burglars, except that they didn't know what it was at all. No just had proof of any of that. Oh, dear God. Yeah. So unfortunately, this happened right in front of her sweet little nephew, who is now 11. Yeah. And he has had to testify against these officers. It's just absolutely horrifying. Yeah. There was no justification in any way. She didn't do anything wrong. She didn't even point her gun at the police. She didn't even have a chance. This officer killed her before. Mm -hmm. um, Before she could even try to defend herself. To defend herself. Yeah. So she should have never had to defend herself in the first place. But oh, that is horrifying. It is, isn't it? Mm hmm. Um, the, uh, the mayor has come out and said that this was unjustified and unacceptable. Of course, the office, the police are calling this a a terrible accident in which no one was at fault. Are you kidding me? No, no. Yeah. No. That'll be interesting to see what the trial brings. Yes. Yes. So... Yeah, it will be very interesting to see uh, what the trial brings and what they decide to do. But, I mean, yeah. there's there's video of the whole thing. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> it, it it's pretty clear that he just shot her for absolutely mm-hmm. no reason at all. She had a degree in biology and worked in a pharmaceutical equipment sales building or, you know, office. Mm-hmm. And... She was known as Tay. Her family called her Tay. 
she obviously loved her nephew and to hang out with him and do fun things with him, which is exactly what she was doing the night mm-hmm. that the police killed her for no reason. She is black. The officer who shot and killed her is white. Now, we don't know if the police officer knew her race uh, based right. on the body cam footage, probably not. Um, but we don't know. But what we do know is yet again, police trigger happy bullshit going down that took this woman's life. Mm-hmm. So oh, man. that's going on now. And we will um, continue to update on this and let you know what happens uh, with this case. So Aaron Dean, who is the officer who shot her, um, excuse me, has pled not guilty, but of Mm -hmm. course, you know, he's going to trial on this. His attorney says that in the window, he sees a silhouette. He doesn't know if it's a male or a female, and he doesn't know the racial makeup of the silhouette. He sees it. He sees the green laser and the gun come up on him, which the uh, body cam footage does not show that. Mm-hmm. He takes a half step back, gives a command and fires his weapon. So the command is put your hands up and then boom. Mm-hmm. Is that how this is supposed to go? Also, no. Again, a homeowner in their home has every right to have a weapon. This reminds me a lot of what happened in Idaho Falls last summer yes. with a homeowner who yeah. uh, had a gun in his hand in his own backyard. After which, the police had said, there is someone on the run with a weapon in your mm-hmm. in your neighborhood. Yeah. So he walked into his backyard him. with a gun and an officer shot and killed him. Yes. Yep. Somehow this whole idea of you're supposed to be able to defend your, your home and property doesn't apply if the person coming into your property or your home is a police officer, mm-hmm. even if they don't identify themselves as a police officer, so you don't know who this is, right? Right. It's just gross. It's just, again, here we are with poorly trained officers making See, And I think choices. that's it. I think that's so much of it is poorly yeah. trained. Yeah. Well, I mean, after Uvalde, that... <sighs> That makes the biggest argument ever for the fact that there's mm-hmm. another case playing out right now uh, in another state. I'm not sure which state with two young police officers, uh, newly, fairly newly on the job that mm-hmm. were roommates. And one of them pulled a really stupid prank. His uh, attorney called it mm-hmm. with a gun that resulted in his roommate, a fellow police officer being shot and killed. Mm-hmm. Very poor training. Yes. Very, Very poor firearms training. Well, yep. the, the prosecutor in this case says, this is not a circumstance where they're staring at the barrel of a gun and he had to defend himself against that person or to protect his partner. No. The evidence will support he did not see the gun in her hand. This is not a justification. This is not a self-defense case. This is murder. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, I hope her family gets justice. Right. I, I hope so, too. Uh, and I hope this poor little Zion can get through this. He's struggled with PTSD. He's had a really hard time. I can only which, imagine. Can you imagine how terrifying that must have been? Yeah. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on this. Hopefully there uh-huh. is some justice in this situation because cops have got to stop thinking that they can just shoot anybody at any time. And uh-huh. it's justified because it yeah. is 
And with that, I'm going to kick this over to our main case. Yes. So our main case is a case you, some of you may be familiar with. There have been some movies, documentaries, some books. Believe it or not, I wasn't. Until recently, a Facebook friend uh, posted something about a doctor that they had uh, seen when they were in college that uh, did some medical harm to them Mm -hmm. and uh, eventually went to prison for murdering their wife. And I was intrigued. Why was I intrigued? I'll be honest. It's because it was BYU. And I, wait a minute. This is another Mormon man that murdered his wife. Mm-hmm. I must know more. Uh, and it has a few Debellesque uh, tendencies to it. And, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to report on it because, you know, Daybells. As with Daybells, the fact that he is a Mormon is certainly not the headline. Mm-hmm. The fact that he's a fraudster and a murderer is, but there are some things about his affiliation with the church that are very troubling. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an interesting case, so let's dig in. Okay. This guy was quite the fraudster. In fact, the prosecutor likened his life to that of the movie Catch Me If You Can. Oh, because wow. of the level of lies and fraud he was able to accomplish. So Mm -hmm. I'm actually going to just lay out the timeline of his life and his crimes, and then we can talk a little more about it. In 1973, he joined the military at 17 after lying about his age. Mm. In 1975, the military put him on disability leave when he was deemed to be a latent schizophrenic. Mm Uh, His family and a judge later uh, questioned whether that diagnosis was real or not, but Mm -hmm. it entitled him to VA and Social Security benefits for basically the rest of his life. Right. He was getting a few thousand dollars a month, apparently. Wow. In 1977, he was arrested in California for forging checks. He told his friends that he saw an article about forging checks and thought that uh, he could do it better. He felt like the people that were doing it, the only reason they were getting caught is because they were dumb and that he could probably do it better and get away with it. Well, he didn't get away with it. The things that he bought with his bad checks were a year supply of cherry chocolates, 60 pairs of socks, three pairs of shoes, and a whole bunch of other frivolous shit. A year's worth of cherry chocolates? I don't know. I really love cherry chocolate. I guess. So he was charged and he was sentenced to six months in jail for forgery, theft, and fraud. In the meantime, he was dating a really sweet young girl in, named uh, Michelle Summers. Michelle was your quintessential beautiful blonde young lady. She was LDS. She was the homecoming queen. She was uh, a cheerleader. And then she was Miss Concord. She was a model. And she was drop-dead gorgeous. And he had to have her. 
and her parents were not feeling it. But uh, you know how it be, you know, the heart wants what the heart wants. And they eloped and got married. Right after they eloped, he went ahead and went to prison for that six-month term. <laughs> so can you imagine being her parents? Oh, right. No, red flags and bells and whistles. Immediately yeah. yeah, that's mm -hmm. good. In the early 1980s, he decided he wanted to go to medical school. Mm. But he didn't want to be bothered with having to uh, get a bachelor's degree first. So he falsified transcripts and inflated grades and lied on applications and was accepted into two different medical schools. Oh, my God. And then later on used those same falsified documents to get into BYU Law School. Oh, wow. So in 1984, he was licensed as an osteopathic surgeon in California. Surgeon? Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. In 1987, he also uh, got a license to practice as an osteopathic physician and surgeon in Utah, and they moved to Utah. Mm. In 1990, he was taken to court over Medicaid fraud and was banned from having any Medicare or Medicaid patients for 12 years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Also in 1990, he graduated from BYU Law School. So now he's a doctor. And a lawyer, all uh, based on a foundation of falsified documents. Oh, wow. In 1999, he's terminated from his job at the BYU Health Center, where apparently he was the director for a time. Mm. Why? Well, it didn't really come out until later. But he was uh, accused of rape and other sexual assaults against female students, mm. uh, professional misconduct complaints, and also widespread misdiagnosis. Apparently, everyone had mono. Just everyone had mono. It didn't matter what you came in with. It was for sure mono. Mm. Uh, who knows how much medical harm he did to the students there? And frankly, who mm. knows how many of them he sexually assaulted? Because this was BYU. Right. There a lot and of them never have gotten reported anyway. Yep. Or if they did, there was no accountability. Right. There was no legal accountability for his time at BYU. No. It really sucks because then he went on to practice medicine other places where he should not have been. Mm -hmm. In 2000, Governor Mike Levitt appointed him to be the director of the American Fork Training School later renamed the Utah State Developmental Center. Ooh, you know, a place where they were caring for deeply disabled people. Oh, no. I can't imagine. Can't even imagine. Unlimited supply of victims. For mm -hmm. Probably. We don't know much about that. But well, again, uh, it would never have been reported. No. And do we trust this dude? No, we don't. In August of 2000, Police are called to their home after he threatens to kill his wife and himself with a knife after she caught him looking at pornography. Remember that looking at porn in the Mormon church is a huge no-no. It's, it's right up there with murder. Oh, yeah. Really, really, really bad. Yeah. 
Um, according to his kids, he was, this was something that anytime he didn't get his way, he'd threaten to kill himself. That was really normal with him mm -hmm. to have big uh, episodes where he was threatening to kill himself because, you know, somebody was uh, telling the truth about him in some way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In 2004, they adopt five more children. They already had four. <laughs> uh, four of them from Ukraine. One adoption was terminated for whatever reason, so it made them a family of eight. Mm. In 2005, mm. he had an affair with a woman named Anna Osborne Walthall. She told her psychiatrist that she was dating a serial killer mm. because she said that he told her that he'd killed his brother in a bathtub and tried to kill his mother when he was little. <laughs> she said he also offered to kill her husband and described writing an anonymous article about mercy killing in which a patient was euthanized with painkillers but was never held accountable. Mm -hmm. In November of 2005, he met a woman named Gypsy Willis online. Uh, I think she was a nurse and began a relationship with her. Mm -hmm. In February of 2007, Michelle believes that he is having an affair, and he'd had multiple affairs in their marriage. Their marriage was a mess. Mm -hmm. Yep. And the money issues were really rampant. It was, he was always doing some big grandiose thing. They were living very high on the hog, mm -hmm. and it was a constant uh, chaotic mess of robbing Peter to pay Paul. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and living much larger than they probably should have been. Mm -hmm. But uh, this was the kind of life he had. So she finally accuses him of having an affair mm -hmm. and confronts him repeatedly in uh, the first part of 2007. Well, in March of 2007, so just a month after she accuses him of having an affair, he decides that his beautiful 50-year-old wife needs to have a facelift and basically bullies and gaslights her into having a facelift, mm -hmm. which, uh, how abusive is that? Mm -hmm. And his daughters were really not feeling it. One of the things they said is about the time he turned 50, he started getting really obsessed with uh, losing weight and exercising and he was going tanning and he was suddenly all about his appearance, which was mm -hmm. just weird. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, she decides that he has, he decides she has to have a facelift. Mm -hmm. She had never had plastic surgery, mentioned plastic surgery, ever wanted plastic surgery. And sure. suddenly she's having plastic surgery and it's not a, Let's plan for this and do it down a road. It's a, we're doing this right now. Ooh. He found someone who was a brand new plastic surgeon in Utah and convinced him that he ne she needed to have this surgery immediately. Ooh. So on April 3rd, she had plastic surgery. And her daughter came over and she looked terrible, was in a lot of pain. And discovered that the doctor, we know now uh, after uh, interviews in court, that he insisted on these things. Because remember, he's a doctor. So he gave a list to the plastic surgeon of medications that he wanted her to have. Oh, my God. 
including Valium, Ambien, Fenugrin, Percocet, and Lortab. Holy shit. All at the same time? Yeah. And this he says he never whole... meant for them to be taken at the same time, but he did want her to have all of them. The, the husband did, and this doctor wrote him a prescription for them. What the hell? So the doctor, or the, the daughter testified that she looked terrible when she came out of surgery. She was in a ton of pain. And when they got her home from the hospital, her dad told her to leave. He said, I'll take care of her medicines tonight. And when she got back to their house the next day, mom was, you know, Michelle was, she said, completely sedated and out of it. And so she confronted her father about how many, how much medication have you given her? She was a med school student at the time. Oh, like a real one. Mm -hmm. And he said, oh, well, she threw up and then I had to give her some more. And she got really mm. concerned about the medication. Mm -hmm. So she said, you know what? I'm going to be in charge of her medication moving forward. And her mom was wearing eye patches because part of this, it was a full facelift. Mm -hmm. So her eyes were done. So she couldn't even see shit. She had eye patches on. <sighs> and she actually asked her daughter to hand her each pill so she could feel it with her fingers so that she would know what she was getting mm -hmm. because she wasn't trusting him. Mm -hmm. And the next few days, she seemed to be doing a little bit better. But of course, this is her daughter taking a break from med school to take care of her because she's not trusting her dad. And mm -hmm. when it was time for her to go back to school, her mother said, and cried and told her, if anything happens to me, make sure it wasn't your dad. So she goes back to school with a pretty heavy heart and really worried about what in the hell is going on. About a week after surgery, Martin goes and picks their youngest up from school, Ada. Mm -hmm. Picks Ada up from school. They get back at the house and he tells her, go upstairs and check on your mother. So she does and she finds mom floating in the bathtub. Mm. So he, he calls 911 and he's screaming on the phone at uh, dispatch. Mm -hmm. And he's screaming at them, uh, but she can't get the information from him. And he hangs up. <laughs> so, so the dispatcher calls back and he yells at her that I'm a physician. I have initiated CPR and hangs up again before she can even get the address. They finally get him to pick up the phone and get the address, and he gives them the wrong address. <laughs> wow. Then she gets a message from her dad, the daughter, the same daughter, gets a message from her dad that she needs to call her mother immediately. And she was like, what the hell? So she calls her mother and it's Martin who picks up the phone and mm -hmm. says, your mom's in the tub. She's not breathing. I've called an ambulance. And then hangs up. Oh, my God. So she starts driving to the airport. And she's just sure of it that he killed her. Mm -hmm. He killed her. She was trying to get to the house to count those meds and see how many were in them. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, 
Michelle is taken to the hospital where she dies. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the uh, doctors at the hospital testified that, or maybe it was one of the EMTs, testified that Martin said to him, I will give you $10,000 if you do not stop chest compressions. What? what? It's also, it's all manipulation. Yeah. Of whatever sort. So, of course, um, she dies. Well, in the meantime, one of the sons comes over and his uh, fiance, and Martin tells the fiance it's just making him too sad to see Michelle's medications sitting there on the counter, and he wants her to go flush them all down the toilet. Oh, my hell. So she does. Oh. Because she's just there helping out. So by the time the daughter gets there, the meds are gone. Mm. Well, the medical examiner rules the manner of death as natural. Apparently, the autopsy showed that she had the beginnings of cardiovascular disease. And so they decided that uh, perhaps the surgery or the medication may have been uh, too hard on her system. And that's what killed her. Mm-hmm. And her daughters are outraged. And they know that something is super, super wrong here. Now, we know he has a mistress, right? Mm -hmm. Well, we know that mom's been accusing him of having an affair. Well, this is where this really gets a little day belly, all of it. Mm -hmm. He insists on burying her after three days. The funeral happens really, really fast. He speaks at her funeral and mentions her one time in his talk. Mm. It all feels real chatty. Yeah, it does. Yikes. And then almost immediately brings this woman in. Mm. Also, she was healthy. She had a bit of high blood pressure and had a little bit of a high cholesterol. At 50. Well, I mean, they would have checked her before she had this major facial surgery to make right. sure she was. I... Well, well, maybe. He he manipulated that and pushed that through. Well, it's true. So, one thing that uh, she had, the daughter had, mm-hmm. was that about a month before this surgery, when mom was telling her that she felt like he was acting weird and maybe there was something up while he was asleep one day, she printed his phone records off of his phone and had noticed that he was calling the same person really a lot. Whose name was gypsy. Mm -hmm. So she already, they already had an idea of who this gypsy Jillian Willis was. Mm -hmm. So, Gypsy came to the funeral. Now, Martin had already forbidden a good deal of Michelle's family from attending. He hardly let anyone come to the funeral. Wow. But uh, their daughter, Rachel, had volunteered to care for the younger children. He had a plan. Or, or, you know, she was willing. Mm -hmm. Well course he didn't want that he told Rachel that they needed to go to the temple 
and pray about who was supposed to be the nanny. So they were sitting outside of the Mount Timpanogos Temple. Mm -hmm. And uh, very coincidentally, guess who walked past? Gypsy. Mm -hmm. Who he acted like he'd never met before in his life. And he so he stopped her and had a conversation with this nice young woman and mm. moved her right on in the house as the girl's new nanny. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I has no shame. Yes. So they lived in Pleasant Grove, Utah. So the Rachel and Alexis are older, you know, and they are real concerned about why the new nanny doesn't cook, clean, or take care of the kids. Oh, and that's a little uh, questionable, isn't it? Yeah. So mom died in April. Gypsy moves in in May. In June, he kicks these older girls out. And then sometime in that early time, he also changes his will to leave $1 to each of his children and everything else goes to Miss Gypsy. Oh, my God. On July 20th, they buy a marriage license, but from it looks like they never actually marry. Mm. Also, in July 2007, they return one of the adopted daughters from Ukraine to Ukraine. Oh, no. She's supposed to go visit her biological sister for the summer. Only he never makes arrangements for her to come back. Jeez, that's terrible. And they steal her identity. So once she's out of the country, Gypsy assumes her identity in order to avoid a $60,000 tax bill that she has and some other financial issues. So her, you know, original name and social security number basically fall off the grid. And now she's using this girl's name and social security number instead. My God. So in September, her sister, Michelle's sister, Linda, writes a letter to the governor, who was John Huntsman at the time, mm -hmm. and the attorney general's office, asking them to launch an investigation into her sister's death, because a lot of things just aren't adding up. Mm -hmm. In 2009, so now it's two years later, and then mm -hmm. some, finally, Martin and Gypsy are indicted on nine counts of identity theft and other charges that have to do with stealing Giselle's identity. One of the other sisters finally did fly to Ukraine and find her living mm -hmm. in horrific conditions in, in the tiniest of apartments that had one bed uh, that her daughter, her daughter's husband, her two children, and Giselle were all sleeping in. Oh, my God. And I believe brought her back to the U.S. and, uh, you know, took care of her after that. But... Uh, that's what he left her to. Yeah. So anyway, finally in 2009, they are both charged in the fraud, the, the identity theft fraud. Mm -hmm. And so Gypsy is sentenced to 21 months in federal prison. But uh, 
<laughs> she has to begin her sentence a month, month earlier than scheduled because prosecutors undercover a plan for her to flee to Mexico. Yes. In December 2009, she's also charged with uh, other fraud and charges and sentenced to three years probation. And because of that, she uh, is willing to testify against Martin, who has also been sentenced to four years in prison because it's, of the identity theft. Just the um, identity theft. Yeah. On January 16th, 2010, their only son, Damien, kills himself. Oh. In October 2010, they finally, finally do a real investigation into Michelle's death and find all of those drugs and go ahead and uh, change her cause of death from to include drug toxicity mm -hmm. and also acknowledge that she could not have administered those medications to herself. Wow. Which opens the door finally for prosecutors to take a peek. In March 2011, Gypsy is released from federal prison and comes back to Utah. And in 2012, Martin is released from prison and comes back to Utah. Mm -hmm. They both come right back to the same house. And in 2012, the Attorney General's office finally, on August 24th, 2012, they finally charge Martin with murder. Oof, too little, too late. In 2013, they finally, finally find him guilty. He's sentenced to 15 years on the murder and 15 years on obstruction. Mm -hmm. And to be served concurrently. Right after he's sentenced, he tries to kill himself in prison, but he's unsuccessful. That's in 2013. In 2017, he is successful and kills himself. Wow. In the meantime, one of the daughters uh, adopts all of the younger children. She mm -hmm. has, I think, three kids of her own and adopts the youngest three as well. Mm -hmm. And changes her last name away from his and to her mother's maiden name good and all of the kids are still just trying to recover sure from what he put them through yeah, that's horrific at the time that he was arrested he was a sunday school teacher there's uh a lot of talk that he was a former bishop though i don't have uh i'm not entirely sure when that was i bet he was if he was a doctor at byu you know he had to be mm -hmm in good standing with the current temple recommender he couldn't have that job mm -hmm. wow yeah so not even living his own religion at all yep yeah that's horrifying yep. when the daughter who was in med school and i'm not using their names for a reason um these women deserve to recover and yeah, recover from this horrific situation they've been in yeah. when she tried to fight him on uh the whole gypsy situation, he told her that he has plenty of contacts and he will get her kicked out of medical school. I mean, this is the same kind of sociopathic shit that he was pull had been pulling his whole life and getting away with. Right. This guy did whatever he wanted. Yeah. He did, and he got away with it for a really long time. Yeah. Wow. Yep. That's 
horrifying. And those poor kids that were adopted into that mess. Yep. Hiding under the guise of being this wonderful. They probably adopted those kids from LDS social services. Oh, I'm sure they did. That was a big thing for a while uh, mm -hmm. with kids from Romania. You bet. And being wealthy and white and in good standing with the church in Utah. Yep. That has been a ticket to do whatever you wanted. Yep. And in this case, a real bad one. Because yeah. this guy was the worst of the worst. Yeah. Also, uh, directly after mom died, he sexually assaulted one of the daughters and did face mm -hmm. charges and was convicted for that as well. This guy is horrific. How sad that he never stood charges for the things that he did to the students at BYU. Yeah. Could have Good. saved his wife's life. Yeah. Could have. Yeah. If that had ever gone anywhere, it would have prevented a lot of this. Yep. Wow. That. Yep. What a asshole. I don't even, I'm speechless. I don't even know, I know what to say. I told you that this case was going to blow your socks clean off. Yeah. Now you know why. Unbelievable. Wow. Really, really terrible. And just unbelievable. Well, just the trail of victims he's left in his wake is just mm -hmm. un unfathomable. Sort of, mm -hmm. but really not. Yep. I mean, we do see things like this all the time. Men get away with all kinds of shit. Mm -hmm. for long periods of time. So there was a movie called The Good Father that aired on <clears> Lifetime <throat> uh, that uh, is based on this situation. There was also a 2020 episode called The Perfect Nanny that aired in 2019 oh boy. about this case. There have been a few books written. There's been a lot of, uh, well, I would say there's been a lot, except for that I've never heard of this before. No, and that surprises me considering that we're in Idaho and Mm -hmm. But, you know, there was probably a lot of shushing of it, too. I'm guessing that's true. Yep. Yep. So there you have it. Wow. Fatigue Thanks for wild. that. <laughs> I'm, you're welcome. <laughs> I just hope for McNeil's family's sake that mm. they have been able to move on and find some ways to put their lives together and recover. It sounds like they are trying very hard and sticking together and taking good care of each other. So all the love and props to them. Definitely. And also because if it wasn't for the daughters and the sister, this case would have just gone away. They fought really, really hard to get it opened back up and to get a real diagnose or a real cause of death on the death certificate. And had they not, he'd just still, still be doing the same shit. It's true. Yep. Wow. Awful. Mm. Well, I'm going to turn the mic over to you for our last segment, which is an MMIW. Yes. So we have covered many missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls cases on this show in the last couple of years. But something really interesting is going on in Canada. Mm. where they say, this is in Winnipeg, Manitoba, the officials there believe that they have in custody a an alleged serial killer they believe has killed at least four Indigenous women. Wow. His name is Jeremy Anthony Michael Skibicki. He's 35, lives mm -hmm. in Winnipeg, and he has been charged with four counts of first-degree murder. 
Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> wow. Uh, the investigation started um, on May 16th of this year um, in regards to the murder of 24 year old uh, Rebecca Contoy of the Crane River First Nation when her remains were discovered. Wow. She was arrested on May 18th in regards to that death and charged with first degree murder. Mm-hmm. But during their investigation of him for uh, her murder, for Rebecca's murder, um, they have now established at least three more victims between March and May, all before her death. Uh, Morgan Beatrice Harris, who's 39, that he, they think that he killed her around May 1st of this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mercedes Myron, 26, they think he killed her around May 4th. Mm. Uh, both of those women are members of the Long Plain First Nation. And the first victim, or the fourth victim, has actually not been identified yet. But she is believed to be indigenous and that she was killed around the 15th of March. Mm-hmm. So the investigation is not over. This is just what they know now. And these the bodies of those three victims have actually not even been recovered yet. They don't know where they are. Oh, but they wow. have reason to believe that he did commit them mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> using DNA. So this is interesting because it is it is a question that we've had all along mm-hmm. with so many missing and murdered dig- indigenous women and girls. Are there active serial killers in yeah. um, here in the U.S. Uh, and, and also in Canada around the mm-hmm. reservations? Because there are so many unsolved, missing or murdered uh, women and, and girls. Mm-hmm. So this is just the beginning. But I think that this is. Of course, it's sad, and then, but in a way, it's good for the families of these mm-hmm. women because at least they are starting to get a clue of what happened to them. Yeah, and this may solve um, the losses of other women as well. So easily, we're, easily we're, could. Yeah, yeah. There's not a ton of information out yet, and that's why this is a segment and not a full episode. Mm-hmm. There will be full episodes coming. Um, I'm absolutely sure as we learn yeah. more. Mm-hmm. And as more is released, we will cover this heavily because that is a, this um, <clears throat> population of people is very dear to us. And we yeah. want to help educate and get the word out about yeah. this huge problem. Absolutely. So, you know, we well, don't get, we don't get arrests and actual killers in these cases very often. So no. this is big news. Well, yeah. And good, <clears throat> on the, good on the CMP for doing the work. Right. Thank God. Yeah. yeah. Good. Definitely. And bad, but good. I'm glad that there's at least an arrest and that the mm-hmm. ball is rolling. Yeah. Off the street before you hurt somebody yes. else. Yeah. Well, this is our Wednesday case ep- or ep- Wednesday episode. Uh, we'll be back tonight at seven uh, mm-hmm. on our live stream for case updates. Uh, you can find that on YouTube or on our Facebook page, mm-hmm. which is just the true crime squad normal and there's all kinds of stuff going on you know rest assured there's always more crime that never stops, <laughs> it? yeah all righty well you guys thank you so much for being here please like share comment you are more than welcome to go check us out on patreon and it's also the true crime squad but we put out two new episodes a month that are just for our patrons and a few other perks over there as well so mm-hmm. Uh, And we always appreciate the support of our patrons. You guys help us keep the lights on and we appreciate that a lot. So 
Thanks so much for being here. This has been yet another production of the True Crime Squad. Take care. Bye, everybody.